1: It does come out in one piece. It comes out
0: in one piece. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. And now, here's Mark.
2: So, are women victims? Or are they capable of doing hard things? That's what we're going to be talking about today on The Mark Farrington Show. With your radio activist, Mark Harrington, you can find out more about the program by going to MarkHarrington.org. I'm also the president of Created Equal, the pro-life organization based here in the Midwest. And our mission is to raise up the next generation of leaders, to take on the culture of death and win, because winning is how the killing stops. So we're going to be talking about, are women victims? We often hear that. Uh, from, you know, pro-life people when it comes to abortion, saying that women really are victims. We hear from uh, pro-abortion individuals saying that, you know, women need access to an abortion or else they can't fulfill their life and destiny. And without it, they can't really participate fully in American society. We hear that all the time. So we're going to kind of get to the bottom of that. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to talk about a story recently that unfolded uh, here in the Columbus area uh, where we often go and sidewalk counsel outside of uh, abortion centers. And on one particular day, uh, we had an opportunity to share the truth about abortion with the young lady who chose life. We're going to be talking about that today. This is going to be about Denisha's story why she left the abortion clinic and. Shows life, and I'm I'm here with uh, my good friend and colleague, Rachel Berkey, and Rachel is one of our staff persons here at Created Equal. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me.
2: It's great to have Rachel on. You know, it's uh, I don't get uh, as much opportunity as I should to have our staff on, uh, folks. We we are blessed with a with a wonderful staff here, young people. Uh, that are out every single day, generally either at a high school or college or an abortion center or on the overpasses or what uh, reaching out to people who are vulnerable to abortion. We commonly go to the abortion clinics and and counsel and and pray outside those facilities because that is where we can have the most direct impact on the life of a preborn baby and the mothers that are vulnerable to abortion so we regularly go to these centers to counsel. So I, I want to talk about Denisha. And before we go into it and, and talking to you, Rachel, what I want to do, I want to play a clip, uh, a couple of clips, that is, from a, a video, a movie, basically, a film, a short film that we are releasing about the story of Denisha. Denisha's a young lady that we met outside the clinic and uh, convinced her, I guess, through the Holy Spirit to to choose life for her baby. And that video is, is going to be made available uh, on our uh, YouTube page and Facebook. And so if you wanna pick up the video, you can go to either one of those on social media and pick it up. But I wanna play a couple plics, uh, k- clips of clips uh, of this video. And this is, this is the, the clips I'm gonna show you or uh, you're gonna hear are of Rachel sidewalk counseling outside of an abortion center, founders abortion center here in Columbus, where Denisha comes up to the center and is going to go inside. So if you would, Mr. Producer, go ahead and play that first clip. Again, this is Rachel Berkey talking to Denisha before she goes in for an appointment to possibly uh, have an abortion. Go ahead and play that clip.
1: Help you. Let me give you some information. This is not a safe place for you. Founders has a long history of medical malpractice. They don't care about women here. This is not a safe place for you. Will you let us help you? Uh I have an appointment today. Oh my God, they're gonna to try to keep the
2: spring So Rachel's talking to Denisha. She comes in, she says she has an appointment. Rachel tells her not to go in, which is what we commonly do. We just want to get her to come out and speak to us. That's the point, right? Just to get them to think. Don't go inside. They don't. They're not. They don't care about you. They don't want your. They want your money, whatever. And so she does come out. Go ahead and play the next clip, if you would.
1: If you go down the street, right, um, right down here to Kinder's Women's Health Center um, or Women's Care Center, um, just past Hoffman, they'll they'll actually refund you for your um, for your deposit here, and they have all free resources because they actually care about you. If you look at founders, they don't actually care about you. They want your money. That's why they make you pay before you even come and why that money goes towards your abortion, because that's what they want from you. They want your money. They, they, they don't want you to have a choice. They don't want you to know all of your options. Yeah. I just felt like I all right. Selfish. Stop there.
2: So Rachel's talking to her and basically saying that founders doesn't care, which they don't. They're really just out to, to kill the baby. They don't care about the woman going inside. They want their money. I mean, that's what she's telling her about. And then she provides her the option to go to the women's care center down the street, which is a, a pregnancy resource center. And Denisha chooses to go. So go ahead and play the next clip.
1: Okay. Thank you. I'm gonna just go ahead and cancel. Okay. You she said you're gonna
2: cancel. So there you go. So they're, they're basically it, that's our film you can go to our social media on Facebook, go to YouTube. You can watch this video, it's called Denisha's Story, why I left the abortion clinic. And it's a long story and it starts at the abortion center and then we follow her through her pregnancy and then birth. So what we wanna do now is take you know pick up where we left off with Denisha. And that is at the abortion center, she chose to go to the pregnancy resource center Again, I'm here with Rachel Berkey, one of our staff persons here at Created Equal. Take us from there, if you would. Okay, so you're at the center, uh, which we go once or twice a week, right? Generally, Mm -hmm. she comes up. You're able to, you know, persuade her to, to not go inside, to go down to the center. Take us from there. What happens after that?
1: After we met?
2: Yeah, after you take her to the center, what happens after that?
1: So I, um, I had gotten her contact information um, right before um, I walked her into the women's care center Uh and um, I, I walked out of there and I texted her. I said, um, Hey, this is, this is me. This is Rachel. Um, So you
2: dropped her off. Yes. And she went inside. Okay. Yeah.
1: And that's when I started, um, we started texting since ever since then Um, we, I I just let her know some of the things I'd already told her um, Mm -hmm. ways that we could help her and, um, different uh, options that were available to her, um, told her, you know, I'm praying for you. I would kind of shared the gospel a little bit on our walk to the Women's Care Center. And um, I continued um, from there on um, our conversation via text.
2: And so through the texting, she volunteered that she chose not to abort her baby, right? Is that yeah. how you found out? Yeah. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. On, on, uh, we had met on a Thursday and then on the next Monday, she texted um, I've decided to keep the baby.
2: So, I mean, that's here's the thing when you're counseling a, a, a young lady like that, a lot of times they're not going to give you that information. I mean, right. I mean you, you may not know what happens. You may, you know, they may go in uh, to the care center and they may end up going back to the abortion clinic. We don't know. But yeah. in this case, she felt enough comfort with you uh, to be able to give you her phone number and you texted her and she chose life. Uh, So take us from there. So she's texting you. She's saying, uh, I'm not going to have the abortion. Take us from there. Where, where did it go from there?
1: Um, So from there, obviously um, just being super excited with her for this, Mm -hmm. for this baby and um, really honored. Like you said that she was continuing to converse with me and and share what she share about um, her, this decision that she had made. Um, I began to talk to her about meeting up because we had originally told her we could help her with, with right. um, financially with supplies that she needed.
2: So those weren't empty words.
1: They weren't. No. They <laughs> I were mean, not.
2: here's the thing, folks. When you say you're going to help someone outside an abortion center, you better do it. And we are we're committed to doing that. And so we were following through on our commitment. The things you told her that they wanted their money, they don't care. We care. It's all true. No matter what you hear from the pro-abortion movement saying, we really don't care about women until they, you know, after they birth their babies, we just, we just want the baby born. It's not true. It's not true. So, so go ahead. So you, you started to talk to her about providing some resources for her.
1: So, um, I, um, scheduled a time to meet up with her and, um, we did that. We got together just to talk about what practically she needed, um, what, um, Mm -hmm. supplies she needed for her baby, just so that I could get an idea of, Maybe how much we wanted to um, try to raise to make sure that we covered all these needs that she had. Um, She had several needs for for the baby and then as well as for um, her born children as well. Um, Just very practical things like, you know, children growing up, they need to move from a toddler bed to a larger bed, stuff like that. Right.
2: And so we launched a fundraising campaign. Right. Uh, On social media. Right.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And how'd that go? (laughs)
1: <laughs> awesome. It, it was so encouraging to see the body of Christ respond. And um, we mm-hmm. raised exactly what she needed, a little bit more than that, um, in uh, I think less than two weeks.
2: Less than two weeks. So we set a goal. Uh, I don't remember what it was, a couple thousand, three thousand, I think, or three or four thousand uh, dollars. Went on social media and we raised it um, actually pretty easily. And after that, then you, what you met up with her, right? And took her shopping. And that's in the video, folks. So <laughs> you got to watch this; it's really good. And okay. you you were able to 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 purchase some things for her, uh, and and get her set up. And you also did something else; you moved her, right? I mean, yeah. In the midst of her pregnancy, she's moving. Is that is that true? Yes. Okay. So, wait, what what tell us about that?
1: So she. Um... She didn't really have any. Um, she she mentioned in the, in the in the video, if you watch the whole thing, she mentioned finances being really tight, um, and she told me that she needed to move, and she looked into moving companies, and didn't think she could afford any of them, and um, didn't know she, how she was going to do it, being pregnant and having um, a couple born children, and um, just feeling overwhelmed. And I told her. Um, after after talking with Mark and getting the clearance, you know, like we can um, we can we can help you with that. We have some fans and a trailer. We can. Yeah, we can um, be your moving company. So that's and she what we agreed did.
2: to it and we moved her in. And then the really exciting part. Tell us about what happened next, which we all long for this this opportunity. Right. Because tell I'll let you tell the story
1: um we were um on the road coming back from our road trip in texas and i got this text and um i it looked like a picture that she had sent me and i was like i wonder if this is a baby and i open it up and sure enough she's she's um she tells me how she went to labor and had uh, this little baby and um she um told me about where she was at and um just we were we were talking and asked you know am I able to come and is it going to work out for me to come and, and, and see him at the hospital? And she's like, yeah, of course. So um, Austin and I, who um, were both there when we originally met her outside of Founders.
2: Austin's another staff person for Create Okay.
1: Yeah. So Austin um, Beigel and I, we went to the hospital and um, we, we brought her lunch and um, um, I think we grabbed some balloons or something else um, just to show her how excited we are for And we, we, um, she walked us down to his little, his little box. He was um, premature and they were just wanting to keep him in there to make sure that he was going to do okay and keep his own body temperature and stuff. So we walked in. What was his name? His his name is Drayden.
2: Drayden. And this fulfilled for you one of the dreams you've had ever since you started doing pro-life work. And what was that?
1: That was that one day I would get to hold in my arms, A little baby who had been spared from abortion through my work
2: and folks see you got to understand something as as pro-life activists like we are going to high schools colleges outreaches on overpasses and all this stuff we rarely get the opportunity to meet the children that are saved through our ministry we just don't uh you know a student might come by on a college campus we have a conversation with them we might change their minds on abortion. They may even be pregnant. We know about it. And they might even be thinking about abortion, but we're not able to follow up with them and find out what they decided. Uh, it's very rare that we actually get an opportunity to to see the the whole process through and see the baby born. It's really rewarding. It's happened to me a couple of times. Uh it, it makes it all worth it. And it's so tangible. It's like real. I mean, we all know that life is in the hanging in the balance that that the baby's lives are in the balance. Every time we go to a clinic or anywhere we go, we know that what we do is a life or death deal. I mean, it's a big deal. Um, but this really brings it in perspective, doesn't
1: it? It really does.
2: I mean, you were holding holding baby Drayden uh, and had that opportunity. Now, when it comes to uh, uh, Denisha. You also shared the gospel with her, Um, and and I want people to understand our ministry. Although it's you know we're focused on the the tragedy of abortion, trying to prevent it, stop it, make it illegal eventually, right? That that is who we are. We understand that part and parcel with that is the gospel, because you can change someone's mind on abortion, which is great, and they may stay anti-abortion their entire lives. But if they don't understand why it's wrong, which is the reason is because they were made in the image of God they or created in his image. And that's what gives us our human dignity. And that's what separates us from all other of God's creation. And if you don't understand forgiveness, you don't understand the gospel, then we really haven't gotten them to where they need to go. And so you did share the gospel. Why Why would you share the gospel with her? Why did you feel that was important?
1: We know we know, I don't know where these women are spiritually when I right. meet them outside the abortion facility, but we know that God hates abortion and we right. know that, um, the act of abortion is a, a sinful act. So when I see, when I saw her there, when i see women outside of the abortion facility, I know that like all of us were in need of salvation. Um, we, we need, right. um, we need God in our, we need God's grace. Um, and, My heart goes out to her, um, for her soul, as well as it does for the life of the baby inside of her. So yeah, with God giving us our, his love for others, like that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to share the gospel with her.
2: Well, I mean, that is the motivation for why we do what we do. Uh, you know, we're animated by our love for Christ and that's why we reach out and love our neighbor. And that's, that's what we're commanded to do. And, um, You know, people need to hear the gospel. If you're thinking about a woman like Denisha, you know, she didn't get there there overnight. I mean, there were some bad decisions she made in her life. And the only thing that's going to clear that up and get on the right track is Jesus Christ. I mean, who gives us the, the, you know, the the plan, right? I mean, we live a certain way and we live for him. It's not going to prevent every bad thing from happening. We still might make some bad choices. Obviously, we still sin. But it will prevent her, hopefully, from making these types of choices in the in the future because we don't want her ending up back at that abortion center. We want her to have a fulfilled life in Christ, raising her children um, the way that God would wish her to do. So uh, we were able to share the gospel with her. Are you still in contact with her at all? Have you talked to her or just, you know, been in touch with her since the uh, birth?
1: Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. We've been... Um... We um, bought some extra things like diapers and wipes and we um, were able to help her out with like food, stuff like that, um, just to give her the last of the money that we raised because we raised that um, specifically for her. That's what the campaign was for. It was, it was all for Denisha, So um, we got the last of that to her um, with um, just so that she would have that little extra freedom around Christmas time.
2: Well, this is going to be a special Christmas for her. Um, again, I'm talking to Rachel Berkey. She's a staff member here at Created Equal. We're talking about Denisha's story, how she chose not to go into the abortion center that day and chose life. And now uh, she's, um, you know, the proud mother of a young boy. And uh, our, our privilege to, to be able to do this kind of work out front of the abortion centers. In the time that we have left, Rachel, I want to talk, I want to shift gears a little bit and just talk about sidewalk counseling. I mean, for the people that are listening, they probably don't know what that necessarily means. I mean, obviously, it sounds like, oh, you're on the sidewalk and you're counseling. Uh, why do you go to an abortion center as a Christian? what What's the point? I mean, most people who go there, their minds are made up a lot of times. Why do you go there?
1: In short, it's... The first word that comes to mind is obedience. Um, mm-hmm. We know that we have a duty as believers, as children of God, to um, I could just start quoting all kinds of different scripture here. Um, right. Go um, ahead. <laughs> rescue those who are being led to the slaughter. Um, yeah. Speak for those who um, are defenseless, who can't speak for themselves. Um, right. For the those who are orphaned, and um, we know that the, the preborn fall into these categories, um, mm-hmm. and um, and that their their parents mm-hmm. are are about to. Um, commit this sin against God and against um, against this little child. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are there, um, even though, like you said, um, a lot of people have already made up their minds. Like that's that's a lot of times why they're going inside. Um, It's important that we're still obedient. Um,
2: Well, and Christ commands us, you know, the great commandment, love God and love your neighbor, loving your neighbor as yourself. That's why we go. We know where the killing happens. We know where it takes place. And as Christians, it's our responsibility and duty to be there in prayer for those women who are going in to kill their children that we might just by the grace of God be able to deter a woman from killing her child that day. And we had that opportunity with Denisha and hopefully we'll have a lot more opportunity to do that. So folks, here's the thing. If you're a Christian and you're listening to the sound of my voice, I beg you, join us on the sidewalks of these abortion centers in your city. If you're in the Columbus area, we go out every week to one of these centers. We'll give you the training you need to go out and be a winsome ambassador to those who go inside to kill their children. Uh, We have a responsibility of Christians to rise up against this atrocity called abortion. And the most tangible way to do that is to go where the killing takes place. Uh, there should be no excuse for an abortion mill to not have a prayerful Christian witness out front of it. I mean, there, there absolutely should be no excuse. There is no reason why these facilities are unstaffed in that no Christians are there. But in many cases, it's true, right? Nobody's yeah. out there. Yeah. Are there times that you guys are the only ones?
1: There are, yeah.
2: I mean, that's hard to fathom for me. I mean, after doing this for more than 20 years, I still don't get it. We have an opportunity to really impact uh, uh, individuals for Christ, save a life, and yet we're unwilling to do it. Um, So folks, if you're interested, go to createdequal.org. That's createdequal.org. Send us an email and say, I want to join you folks on the sidewalk, or I want you to help me go to my abortion center in my city, we can connect you to people all across the country. We have a network we know bunches of people all across America who do this routinely and you can go out and you can do the things that we were doing and have an impact. Uh, you know if future generations are going to look back and wonder why the church wasn't a vocal voice against this uh, it's an indictment against us if we don't if we don't do something about it it really is. Uh, we're doing what we can to create it equal, but we can't do it alone. we got to have the body of Christ. We've got to have Christians, got to have pastors who are willing to speak from the pulpit and lead their their flock, lead their people into the battle for life. And so again, go to createdequal.org, send us an email, say, I want to be part of this. Uh, we are now coming to the end of the year. We're turning the corner to 2020. It's going to be a huge year. Uh, for our nation, obviously, with uh, all that's going on in Washington and everywhere else, and for the abortion issue. I mean, for the pro-life movement, this is a critical year. But it's not about politics, folks. It's really not. Uh, It's about us doing what we can individually uh, in our commitment to Christ that, um, that we will do something about this. We ought to be behaving very differently when there's a Holocaust going on in our own nation. So if you would, Rachel, if you would take a minute here uh, and just exhort our listeners as why. Just tell me why you felt convicted enough to make this a full time, full time endeavor, because Rachel is one of our missionaries. She raises support like any missionary that would go overseas uh, to preach the gospel, share the gospel and disciple uh, believers. That's what she does at created equal she's a full-time missionary. why is it why did you decide to do this?
1: I found out about created Equal and I came on the justice ride and I did the summer internship and um, realized that God has um, given me this desire to to defend his children in this way and he equipped me through the justice ride and the internship to do that and um, m- made me but what, what was this.
2: the conviction uh, before you met us, what was it inside you that just prompted you to do it? I know the Holy Spirit, but yeah, you know, everybody has a different I mean I, I hate using the term calling, although it's true. you know God gives each of us different things to do. What is it specifically in about 10 seconds that God gave you in your heart? That prompted you to do this.
1: I saw what abortion was and knew that it was wrong.
2: There you go. I mean, <laughs> there you go. And folks, that's what we do all across America. We tell it like it is and we show it like it is. So folks, if you want to get involved, go to createdequal.org. Join us on the sidewalks across America in front of the abortion centers. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. And thank you. Rachel.